Welcome to Real Life, the program that talks about the life of real estate in the Hamptons and beyond. The people, the places, and the things that are the pulse and heartbeat of real estate with your host, broker associate of Sotheby's International Realty, John Christopher. Welcome back to Real Life, and this is your host, John Christopher. You know, today I was thinking we've been out to big sky country and also to the Napa Valley, and I thought, why don't we go out to the desert? So I'm fortunate enough to have one of the top producers in the greater Phoenix area, Alan Zider. Hey, Alan, how are you? Good, John. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, actually, Alan. Um, I know you found your passion in real estate in 1984. What were you doing before that? Before that, I was a road rep for Citizen Watch Company. I just graduated from Arizona State University with a degree in business management. And um, I was traveling on the road and I woke up one morning in a small town called Hobbs, New Mexico. And I said, I got to get the heck out of this business. And um, took my test and started real estate and became first year became national sales rookie of the year for the building industry. And that was, I guess, the launch of my career. Wow. That's pretty cool. Um, so you grew up in the Phoenix area? Grew up here, but was born, I was born in New Jersey when I was 13. <laughs> so what prompted your, obviously your parents to, to move out there? Well, I was, I was an asthmatic. I was real sick. And my uh -huh. dad was working with Levi Strauss. They found out I was an asthmatic and they offered him an opportunity to pioneer the jeanswear division in Phoenix. What a great place to come. Jeez, that's great. So you know the area pretty well, obviously, right? Oh boy, I've seen this evolution of this place. It's been crazy. Um, in real estate, when I was one of the one of the first agents to start heading up in the true north there, I was working for a builder called UDC. And we had a trailer in the middle of the desert, and everyone's coming up there going, no one's going to move up here. No one's going to move up here. And now it's one of the hottest spots in the valley to be in the Pinnacle Peak area. That's, uh, that's interesting, isn't it? I mean, it's like if we only had uh, the hindsight, you know, because... We'd all be oh, multimillionaires, right? Crazy. I mean, there was lots being sold next door, the community next door called Pima Acres, and these lots were going for $25,000 a piece for these acre lots, and like nobody's buying them. Who would right. think of it? Now you can't touch them for under eight, 900000 if wow. you're lucky. Jeez. Yeah. It, if hindsight was there, I, I would have bought the whole dang subdivision. Who would have known? Right. Exactly. If you only knew, right? That's only the, knew. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So let's talk about your market. So what's it like for uh, buyers coming into the market today? Well, we're having a small paradigm shift, which is really good because, you know, we've been on fire just like most other markets. And, you know, everyone says, oh, you're doing so great because, you know, your realtor, everybody's lighting it up. Well, you know what? We're not all lighting it up because there's not enough inventory. And there's only so many realtors around that can handle so much inventory. And so what we're seeing right now is this, we're seeing a nice shift where the market is actually slowing down, which I'm fortunate to see. Um, for buyers, that's going to give more opportunity, of course, especially for the entry-level buyers. Because for a while, it was, it was crazy nuts here. I mean, you would throw something out on a Friday, and you would have 15 offers well above, well above asking price. Was that because yeah. of the uh, pandemic at the time? I think that's part of the pandemic. And it was, and it was also people were just trying to get out of these Areas of California, they're getting out of California, they're getting out of Portland, they're, they're getting out of Oregon. It, it, it was nuts. People just want, wanted, a, wanted a change. And, mm -hmm. you know, and we, we were affordable at that time. You know, so people come from California, 
um, thought, boy, we, we were steel. And they were the ones bidding up the market. That was the crazy point. You know, they were just going after everything where our local residents were having a hard time competing. Well, with that being said, now the market's shifting slightly. Our inventory is up significantly. Um, we're starting to see a slowdown. Things are getting normal. I, I use this word anticip anticipatory pricing. And last year we were doing that. And that's basically throwing numbers against the wall with the intent that something's going to stick. We were padding prices. And, and it was crazy. And we just can't do that anymore. So it's starting to soften up. Yes, we're going to still see an increase in values. We're still going to see product moving at a fast rate. Last month, last month, the metropolitan area, um, we had about 9,000, two months ago, sorry, two months ago, we had about 9,000 sales. And that's a down, that's a, a downgrade from last year at this time when we were seeing a little over 10,000 a month in sales. Hmm. So, so go ahead. Yeah, we needed that. We needed that. And, you know, we also see a little bit of a softening in the, in the summer, in August, especially in August. Well, it's, it's the same thing here in the, uh, the Hamptons, you know, or the East End, I should say, is that uh, people forget. And I know a lot of agents, you know, since we had such a, uh, an onslaught, that um, they're wondering what's happening. And, and my, you know, every, that's what happens in August. I think it's a great time as, a, as an agent to go away because it slows down. You know, you're not at a frantic uh, pace of uh, being out there all the time. But then after come Labor Day, boom, you know, we're back at it again. Yeah, same thing here. You know, we, we, we locals, we head to the beach. You know, we kind of consume over there. Now, where is the beach for you? Our closest, our closest beach is San Diego, and it's a five and a half hour drive, and and that's one of the great draws for Phoenix, is because we're such a great hub, John. I mean, you're an hour away by air to, to San Diego. You're you're two hours to skiing in in Denver. You know, you've got Mexico, and if you want to drive, we're five and a half hours by drive time to Mission Beach or San Diego to Rocky Point or tip of the Baja. We're another five hour drive. So we are a great hub if you really want to get out. If you want to do some snow skiing in, in Phoenix and you want to drive, just drive two and a half hours to Flagstaff. And, and uh, there, it's good skiing in Flagstaff. I say I'm not a skier, so I'm not aware. Well, it's not the best skiing. It's not going to be like Utah or Colorado, but it, it keeps us, us active. Right, exactly. So you're yeah. a skier then, right? I water and snow ski, yes. Oh, that is awesome. So where do you go out to uh, water skiing if, if you don't feel like driving five and a half hours? Are there any lakes? Yeah, this is a crazy. This is a crazy story. We have we have more boats per inland capita than any than any inland state, and we have six major lakes. The closest lake from my house is about forty eight minutes. I can be on the water in forty eight minutes. Wow! And, and that's part of the lake. So we have a really nice major lake chain. We have another lake chain, Saguaro Lake. We have Apache. We have Roosevelt, and they're all part of that same chain. So you, there's so much to choose from here. Yeah. And again, we also have more scuba divers per inland capita. We have we have nine dive shops in town, which you never think Arizona would host that. Yeah. And so where do you go uh, diving? I mean, what and what do you see? I mean, if it's a lake. Again, we don't dive so much in, in the lakes here because of our proximity to San Diego or California and Mexico. You, you get you get checked out here and everybody heads down to uh, the Baja or they head over to San Diego. Fascinating. That is fascinating. Um, speaking of lakes, you know, I just recently read that, uh, what is it, Lake Mead, you know, uh, they're suggesting that, you know, people take their boats out. It's What is what is happening with the uh, water supply? Are you guys affected by that? We are definitely affected. Now, 
we as residents don't really see it, and, and most residents don't know there is one, but the lake is down 35%. So they were they were actually they were actually mandating that all houseboats that weren't permanently moored get off the water. Hmm. Yeah, it, it's crazy. So we are down the, the the state is shifting to to more arid desert, like Scottsdale, parts of Phoenix. They want you now to specifically put in arid kind of deserts in the front yard. They don't care if you have grass in the backyard, but they want to see desert front yards now. So we're, we're trying to control that. We're trying to ease the pain. We haven't had a moratorium, moratorium on, on, on water yet as far as amount of use you can use. But we're concerned. We're concerned. Yeah. Now, do you think that's affecting the market, you know, from, from a buyer's standpoint? Are they, is, do you see any hesitancy uh, because they're thinking into the future? I mean, here I've gotten clients that say to me, I don't know if I want to be on the water because with climate, you know, will my place still be there, et cetera. And, and though we have all these, uh, you know, FEMA, we have the, the insurance, you know, uh, floodlands insurance. Is, is it the same there that people are concerned about water? Concerned, but it's not stopping our growth. Oh. In, in fact, we, uh, we have a big semiconductor. It's the largest semiconductor company in the world. It's called TSMC. They're in the process of building a $12 billion campus in the northeast corner of the valley, which is going to ex- just make that area implode. Are they going to compete against Intel? No, Intel is down in Chandler and Mesa. I, you know, they do, they do some, I guess there is some competition between, but we've got Motorola here. You know, we've, we've got some major uh, um, industrial when it comes to electronics and, and military base applications. Yeah. It, so is yeah, it's not re- slowing down. Our tax base is so low. These 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 companies are coming here looking for dirt, and they're looking to get in with these great tax breaks. Right. That's a, that's a question I was going to ask you. There, so it's uh, tax advantageous uh, being there. Correct. In fact, for homeowners, and this is going to blow you away because you know your your taxes they are extremely high, and they mm-hmm. are in California. Our taxes are eight tenths of one percent here. Wow. Which is, it's amazing. So you can get into a $700,000 house and your taxes will be $6,000. Now, is do you have income tax? I mean, you know, um, state income tax or is that? Yeah, we have state and local income tax and depends on the municipality. It's not that high. It, hmm. it's, it, it's nothing that would put the fear of us into spending money here. People come here to spend money. Interesting. Interesting. You know, it's a, and, and the taxes aren't higher, like for sales tax and the, and the gasoline tax or, you know, because like I know Florida doesn't have a state uh, income tax and, and New Hampshire, I, I believe, but um, they make it, you know, in the sense that there's higher taxes on things like you go out and buy clothes or food or whatever the case may be. Is that the case there? No, not so bad. Wow. We have it, but it's, it's not aggressive enough where it's changing the, the dynamics at all. Right. So our, our, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Okay. I was going to say our school and our tax base, because our schools are very stable. You know, we've got very stable schools, and so our taxes stay pretty consistent. Good. That is great. Um, now, I know you do the greater Phoenix area, and also you do the Scottsdale market. What's the difference between the two? Um, oh, my gosh. Well, there's different parts of Scottsdale. You know, Scottsdale's been annexed north. so But you it's, know, a second, you, it's a secondary market, though, right? Is that, is that correct? Correct. Okay. correct. We're seeing... Um, more secondary homes now, now Scottsdale is actually starting to see a lot of 
families in there too, because just because of what it offers, the school systems are off the charts great. Um, the opportunity to play is, is great. Uh, I look at it like this. People want to live where people play, and we have some sensational golf courses up here. And um, they want to they play, and they want to live up this area. You know, we've, the bike trails are great. We've got off-road biking. We've got hiking up here in Scottsdale. Phoenix is more of a metropolitan area, and there's different pockets, of course. So it's more flatland. As you start heading north in Scottsdale, you start climbing elevation. And like Phoenix, Phoenix elevation at that airport is around 1,500 feet. And when you start heading north Scottsdale, it goes up to 2,700 feet. So it's, it, it gets cooler. So, and it gets cooler at night, especially because you got the desert breeze. And one thing about Scottsdale, Scottsdale is controlling the amount of land they're releasing. So we're going to see a lot of that desert stay desert for the history of ever. Um, in Phoenix, you don't have that. I mean, they're finding every infill piece and they're trying to flood it up and everything's going to be everything's going to be housing or commercial. And they're not doing that in North Scottsdale. That is interesting. So if anybody has uh, some more questions for you, Alan, how could they uh, get in contact with you? Great. My phone number is 602-692-7200 at 7200. And my email address is Alan, A-L-A-N dot zeter z as in zebra i e d e r at russlion.com that's spelled r-u-s-s-l-y-o-n.com that is fantastic this is john christopher for real life broadcasting here in the wonderful village of southampton new york on the only npr station on long island by the way we're celebrating the end of summer with a special campaign so we can continue to bring you your favorite programs of music, information, and inspiration throughout the year. If you're enjoying listening to 88.3 WLIWFM, now is the perfect time to show your support. Please donate by calling us at 800-262-0717 or go online at WLIW.org and be sure to check out our great thank you gifts. Thank you for your support. And we'll be right back after this short break. Welcome back to Real Life. And this is John Christopher. And today I have with me a top Corcoran agent, James Payton. James, how are you today? Hi, John. Thank, excellent. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, um, actually, go ahead. I'm sorry. More, oh, thanks so much for having me. Actually, you caught me on the one day uh, off I have this year. Uh, my family and I went down to uh, Montauk. So even living in the Hamptons as much as we do, and we live in Sag Harbor, when we want to go to the beach, we take some time off and head down to Montauk. Fabulous. What a great place to go. You know, I can see the picture of you in the background. It looks it looks great. Where are you? Um, actually, I'm sitting in the gazebo in the middle of uh, Montauk Square, actually. Um, I know we had our call set up, and as I was saying to you earlier, I thought that I needed to be someplace quiet, and that wouldn't be next to my five-year-old in the pool. So I decided to uh, abandon them for 15 minutes and find a nice quiet spot. Well, it looks that way. Great. So <laughs> um, before we talk about real estate, where were you sure. born? Where were you born? Oh, I was uh, originally born in New Jersey, um, in uh, the Oranges area, West Orange. And then my family moved to Philadelphia uh, when I was uh, about five or six. So I grew up outside of Philadelphia, a town called Villanova. It's on the uh, the main line, um, just east of, uh, just uh, west of uh, uh, Philadelphia, and uh, spent my uh, childhood there in high school, and then uh, went away to college in Arizona. Came back and worked in uh, New York for about twenty years on Wall Street, and then uh, career change, found me out in the Hamptons, uh, slinging the real estate. 
Wow, that's interesting because you answered a lot of the questions I wanted to ask you. You know, so, <laughs> so you've got there. Uh, you know, it's ironic when you were saying you uh, grew up in Philadelphia. I did also too, in, on the outskirts of a place called Upper Dublin. Oh, sure, know. not not far from us. Yeah, and exactly. There was, a good, there was a good a good music hall up there. I think in Upper Dublin because I was into the music scene uh, back then. So we used to go to no, different cabarets they had. I didn't know that. That's funny. I was in the music business also. So it's interesting. We have uh, similar backgrounds. Never knew this. You know, <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. You know, it's yeah. funny. We spend so much time with each other and showing homes and we're always so single minded that uh, we don't get a chance to talk and really find out more about each other. I know we have to do that. <laughs> I'm going to come out and join you, you know, out in Montauk. Absolutely. We'd love to have you. Love yeah, to have James, you. it's great. Anyway, we're wrapping up the summer season, uh, which is so hard to believe that it went by so quickly. Did you notice any difference in the rental market this year as compared to last? Well, I think the rental market certainly, I think it was very similar to last year. You know, most, if not everybody was out enjoying their homes in the Hamptons. So there was a severe crunch in trying to find available rental properties. Uh, I think that a lot of the sales also um, were, gen were generated because of the rental opportunities as well. Uh, most of my business is new construction between three and 12 million. And I would say at least 50% of the homes I sold in the last two years immediately went back on the market, uh, you know, most commonly for July and August, because that rental income is able to, um, for more or less, carry the property and the expenses and they can use it off season. And they saw that there was a big draw in the rental market. So I think a lot of people took the opportunity to purchase in the Hamptons, get some rental money and investment income back in and then enjoy it off season. Yeah, well, that, that I, 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 I agree with what you just said. I'm just thinking, you know, uh, last year we had uh, sight unseen rentals. Did you have uh, <laughs> any issues with any of those? Well, you know, I had a lot of my customers, what I, what I advised my customers was, you know, basically the Monday of Labor Day last year, offer your tenant, your uh, landlord 10% more and hope he, hope he agrees. I think that that was a small markup um, to lock in your rental, uh, especially if you're trying to do individual months, because, you know, most owners are trying to get a, a nice family for the entire season. Uh, and I think that there, you know, because of that draw, um, there's a lot of people left out. I mean, I think always in the Hamptons, you know, everything, everything nice and clean and crisp certainly finds, certainly finds its tenant. Right. And uh, the last two years were an exception. I, I feel that given the way COVID goes and we'll see uh, for next year, if, uh, if, 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 you know, the variants don't arise again, I would think we have a pretty abundant amount of, of rentals coming on the market for next season. I think that after two years in the Hamptons, people are going to want to be going back to traveling and, and going, uh, you know, kids will be back in camp. You know, I think a lot of people went back to Greece and Italy this late summer and uh, found that it was very enjoyable and, and somewhat back to normal. So in that case, we'll probably find a little bit more inventory next year. You know, it's interesting. I'm sure you've experienced this too, is that uh, I'm getting people looking to rent now for next, mm -hmm. uh, next uh, season. Which sure. Is 2020, you know, 2022. And it's like, well, I'm, not even I'm, advi I, I'm advising my customers of that because uh, once again, if you're, if you're just trying for individual months, um, you know, most owners want to hold out to try and get that, that full rental. In fact, I have one customer that's been in the same home for three years and we've paid an incremental amount each season and it was just for August. But now, even though we've offered more, they just won't sign the lease. They're, they're, they're more than willing to look for, hold out and look for a year round, uh, excuse me, a full summer tenant. And they had big offers this last spring, um, but he was, his hands were already tied. He had already signed a lease, so he wasn't able to take advantage of that. So, you know, as, as usual, most homeowners want to try and, and lock up the whole summer with one, one tenant uh, before they start peeling off individual months. Exactly. Um, this year, did you have any last minute rentals? Uh, you know, 
I, I, I had a few last minute rentals. I'll be honest. I, I try and stay away from that only because I feel that uh, sometimes um, they don't work out so well. I think, when, I think I think when people plan and they are organized and they get their the right the right home and the right fit, it makes it, it makes for a good combination. Uh, sometimes in last minute rentals, things sort of seem to fall apart. And in the rental market out here, you know, the agents do our best to to make a uh, you know best of faith you know agreement, but. Once the tenants move in, it's really between landlord and tenant. So I, I try and do as much due diligence and really partner up with the best tenant and landlord I can. And I feel that sort of at the last minute, um, that's not always feasible. That's just that's just my take on it. I just like to really keep a good reputation with who I put into homes and always want to have a, a good a good outcome. Well, a lot of times, you know, the last minute tenants are always looking for a deal, thinking that there's a landlord out there that says, okay, fine, you know, come in with the, uh, the three dogs. Yeah, well, that that well, that's the issue, right? So if you're so if your mentality is that I'm trying to know, and I hate to use the word bully, but if I'm going to bully my way into a rental uh, at the last minute, then I don't know. I, I just feel there's probably some more things that aren't that that are going to pop up along the way. Exactly, like maybe they didn't tell them they had three dogs, and all of a sudden they do. So you know, we try and build as best best you know, best communication that we can because once they move in, it's really out of our hands. So we can only do so much before you know, we team people up. Right. Exactly. You know, a number of the agents I've uh, recently spoken to have said they, they're experiencing a slowdown in the market. And I say it's just the, the season, especially with parents getting ready uh, to get their kids mm-hmm. back to school. What are your thoughts? Well, certainly that, you know, the, 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 the uh, respite we have from the summer as agents is that Memorial Day to basically the second weekend after July 4th is, you know, um, commonly and, and year after year is always slow. Uh, this year, I felt it was, it was even a little bit slower. Um, that in turn is with the low inventory, but with that, and, and, you know, we all watch the market like a hawk and the MLS Hamptons listing service, like a hawk, and there's still a lot of transactions going on. You know, there's a very deep buyer pool that is just waiting for the right product to come along. And when, and when they see that they're ready to hop on it, I think certainly in the last two weeks, we can see a dozen properties between 10 and 20 that all traded within basically a week of being on the market, uh, you know, which just goes to show how deep the, 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 the buyer pool is right now. Um, of course, that's probably a, lo- a lower total, you know, sales that we usually have. But the things that are trading are trading very quickly, and uh, I think that we'll continue to see that just because the inventory is so low. And again, most of my business is, is new construction, and I'm also finding that yeah, I do have about a half a dozen, maybe a dozen new homes that are breaking ground for next year. But um, given the trajectory of land sales and that the end users are getting involved in the market and building their own homes, I think that our inventory is going to continue to be low uh, for the next you know 24 months. So you're optimistic uh, for the fall, at least, right? I mean, well, I'm optimistic. I'm, opt- I'm optimistic that there's, you know, interestingly enough, I, I, I had a good first two quarters. And I think around Memorial Day, I turned to my wife and I said, you know, I, I have a feeling I'm not going to make another deal the rest of the year. I just have a feeling that, you know, as the market gets tighter, buyers, you know, get, it's become more difficult to make deals. And, and we've seen that. And, you know, I, I run a fairly big business and I talk to, to other agents um, that have similar, similar businesses and, and we're all finding it's very difficult to put those deals together now. It's certainly not, uh, you know, music locum shooting fish in the barrel as it was last summer as everybody was just trying to get a place. But there's also a tremendous more amount of inventory that allowed that. And now, uh, you know, buyers are, are looking for a better value and sellers really want their number. Uh, so it's a little more difficult to get those deals together. Um, certainly the contract basis for me have been taking, I would say, threefold compared to what they were first quarter and, and at the end of last year. Do you, uh, let me ask you a question. Do you uh, uh, see people still making the Hamptons their permanent residence, even as the city is supposedly opening up? 
Well, I, I don't know about permanent, but I think that certainly it's looking 75-25 now. They're spending a lot of time here. Certainly with the Delta variant coming in, uh, you know, schools are planning to be back in session. You know, earlier in, in the year, um, Wall Street and finance was telling everyone, basically, if you want your job, you need to be back at your desk. But I think now they're being a little more lenient on that. Uh, they wanted everyone back you know, in early June, but everyone's still working from home. Uh, and I think that a lot of industries are finding that, uh, you know, they can be um, successful and productive um, in, in their own homes. I have friends, you know, I try and keep a, uh, I try and keep a tab on all segments of the market. And one of the big ones is uh, uh, home offices and, and office sales. And you're seeing that there are certainly offices building back up in, in Manhattan, but you're seeing a lot of sales. And, and if you're watching um, uh, uh, was a Home Depot and also um, a Staples, their revenues have been up 20% for people building home offices at home. So I think that that only helps the Hamptons more. I mean, we're certainly seeing a lot more people wanting to spend as much time here as possible. I think that the last three years, really the MO, even in addition to working remote, has been to uh, you know spend the, the 10 months off season here. And that's right. what really fuels our market. You know, I mean, everyone knows that these rental rates are are uh, uh, consistent and one of the highest that you have in the globe. There's no place else that really turns over five, six, seven percent, you know, cap rate on a on a two or three months period, and uh, it enables them to hold these properties, and it's an easier carry, and then they can enjoy it aggressively ten months off season, and, and we're only fifty minutes outside New York City. So I think all those things bode for continual continual um, upside for the Hamptons and. And most importantly, it's that lifestyle dividend that you can enjoy it. You can go to work and and uh, and you can be at the beach later in the afternoon. Or you can be out in Montauk like you today. Or you can be out in Montauk like today. <laughs> yeah, you know, we, we, you know, as an agent, we always sort of giggle. Like you say, oh, I actually made a deal on, on the day I, day I was off. But of course, you know, there's the umpteen hours that go into that. Besides right. That. Everybody uh, thinks it's easy. It's it's a piece of cake. Right? You know, it, it, it's a very, very demanding job. And, and I, I kid that, you know, uh, college and 20 years on the floor of the American Stock Exchange and all those things were, were merely a prerequisite to be able to deal in, you know, in the, in the fast paced world of Hampton's luxury real estate. Right. And, uh, you know, all those things and all those skill sets that we've learned, we have to put together to be able to, you know, keep it together. And it's a very fast paced, uh, you know, um, market out here. And, you know, you know better than I. And uh, you have to just have the wherewithal to keep up with it. Right. There's certainly opportunity for sex, success, success, but you have to be able to keep up with it. Exactly. What do you? What kind of advice do you offer to first-time homebuyers? First-time homebuyers, I would say, first of all, um, you know, have all your ducks lined up. You know, you, you certainly let's let's talk to your your financial um, team, uh, see what you can afford, and that way, when you come into a marketplace, uh, twofold: a, you're ready on your side, but more importantly. Listen, to, you know, find find first an agent that you that you trust and you want to work with, and listen to the advice that they're telling you, because you know they're working nine days a week, or hopefully the person you're working with works nine days a week, and if they're not, you should call me. Uh, but but certainly, I <laughs> okay, think, you know, well, that's when I I'm sorry to interrupt you, James, because uh, how could they call you? That's when I oh, well, how could they reach oh, well, you? Well, well, oh well, my my cell number is nine one seven eight eight two five five eight nine. I answered on the first ring. In fact, that was some advice given to me by uh, another uh, agent in the Hamptons when I first started seven years ago. I said, uh, I said, tell me, tell me, what's the key to being successful in the Hamptons? He said, well, there, there's two things. Number one, pick up your phone on the first ring. And number two was an expletive. So I try not to be that. And uh, I answer the phone right away. And more importantly, you know, if you, if you see a number you don't recognize, well, that's opportunity. Answer that phone. James? Uh, and that, Yes. Yes. Yeah, James, it's great having you on the program. I'm sure people will be ringing your phone and you'll be picking up on the first ring. And sure. Well, 
I'm at Corcoran, jpayton at corcoran.com, and I'd be happy and delighted to help anyone. If it's just a consultation, buying, selling, or developing, I, uh, I love talking real estate, and I really enjoyed uh, being on your show, John. Thank you so much, James. This is John Christopher for Real Life. And as a reminder, we're celebrating the end of summer with a special campaign so we can continue to bring you your favorite programs of music, information, and inspiration throughout the year. If you're enjoying listening to 88.3 WLIWFM, now is the perfect time to show your support. Please donate by calling us at 800-262-0717 or going online at WLIW.org. And be sure to check out all of our great thank you gifts. Thank you for your support and thank you for listening to Real Life. And don't forget, have an awesome journey. You have been listening to Real Life, the program that talks about the people, the places, and the things that are the pulse and heartbeat of real estate in the Hamptons and beyond with host John Christopher who also created the music for real life. WLIWFM's Delaney Hafner and Kyle Lynch provide production support. Thank you for joining us for Real Life, right here on listener-supported 88.3 WLIWFM, Long Island's only NPR station, which you can also find on your favorite streaming apps and at WLIW.org radio.